0: Journeying's is uh, a lesson we learn in life. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. After a short break of just six months, I thought it would be remiss of me not to wrap up the year, at least with the check-in, and see if I can remember how to use GarageBand, Buzzsprout and all the other platforms I've continued to pay a monthly subscription to. Each month fully sure that this would be the month I'd get my podcasting mojo back. And so just to tell myself I got value for money, I'll make the most of this last day of this month's subscription. So what happened? Where did I go? What have I been up to? I feel like I should have something big to announce. I don't know, like I've given birth to triplets or I've penned a novel in my downtime. But uh, thankfully to the triplets and alas to the novel writing, I don't have a big reveal But I have been trying to put my finger on it too. Why did I not bounce back from my summer solstice break? Where did my mojo go? How was it that when the world started opening up again, offering resemblance of normality, bandwidth to move more freely, did I experience a contraction of my personal time? What slyly edged its way in to steal my creative downtime? And even my leisure activities that I'd taken up in lockdown, like sea swimming, which I love and got so much from, health wise, both for my head and body, it too got pushed out of my regular routine. I've been asking myself, what happened? Where did my time go? And I know I'm not alone here, as many of the ladies I would meet regularly for dips all have said they are not getting down as much since things have opened up. Um, So, what does this mean? Things have opened up, we've got a freedom back and yet somehow our time has been taken away. So I've been doing a bit of detective work, I've been flicking back through my work diary along with my journal just to try and gauge who stole my free time and I've been looking for patterns and one thing I'm noticing is more evening appointments, evening meetups, dinners, evening training sessions and that makes sense. We didn't have the audacity to plan a social gathering in the first half of the year. So that seems to be where I directed some of my downtime. Fair. I'm also noticing trips. And this is interesting because I remember in the height of the first lockdown in 2020, when around the time when we were not allowed outside of, I don't know, two or five kilometre radius, which sounds, oh, it kind of sounds archaic already, doesn't it? That we had restrictions and... Well, hopefully that's not to be renewed again. But anyway, that was then. We weren't allowed out of our radiuses and we were about a month into it maybe and I daringly broke the rules. I think I can admit this now. I don't think I can get fined retrospectively. Anyway, I broke the rules and did an illegal dash over to Mr. Price in Ashburn. As rumour had it, they had a recent haul of kettlebells. Yes. So there I was, brazen as you like, venturing over to Ashburn in the name of keeping fit, healthy and sane to acquire a bit of merch for the home gym. I don't think I'd used the car. I don't think I did. Yeah, probably hadn't been in the car for about a month. And the distance to this town, I'm saying Ashburn, is 22 kilometres from me. So over and then back. Round trip, 44 kilometres. This is a trip I wouldn't have even considered a trip or before lockdown. It would have been just a quick run but this time and maybe the added suspense of whether I'd make it over and back without getting caught outside my district added to the drama of it all but I remember feeling the journey was an eternity. I was out of the habit of driving or travelling and a 44 kilometre round trip felt like a full-blown excursion and that thought stayed with me. Cause I remember thinking at the time, I was thinking of the old days when people travelled in horse and cart and they knew the enormity of a long trip and the toll it takes, the preparation for the venture and the appreciation of the effort. But now we just dart around saying yes to a quick one hour trip. I'm doing inverted commas here for the benefit of no one. Uh, but yeah, we'd be, you know, no bothered in a one hour round trip without a thought given to it. So yes, that's it, I think. These little trips, more inverted commas, uh, these little trips, some longer than others, trips up the north, over to Mayo, nothing too exotic in the past year, um, maybe just even trips to the far side of Dublin. These little trips started to fill up my weekends and weekdays. That's what I'm noticing. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not totally adverse to an old social engagement or two, Uh, Yes, the pandemic certainly did facilitate my introverted side. But I do like the occasional extrovert fused gathering too. you know, just to buzz off their energy and all that. But (laughs) what I think my point is, it's how we integrate these outings, visits, journeys into our daily lives without a thought and then wonder how did life get so hectic or where has my free time gone? Even me, who conscientiously resisted depositing my kids back into their jam-packed extracurricular activities that they had before um, pre-2020, and I tried to safeguard the sacred me time I'd sculpted out for myself and resolutely did not want to return to the normality of life pre-2020, I still found myself wondering where the hell is my time going now? So... I don't know what I'm going to do differently now that I've identified this time thief. How do we protect our time to do worthwhile projects like I would have felt this podcast was? Or maybe I need to shift perspective and take that trip to visit an old friend or family member as the worthwhile choice. And I suppose I suspect that the latter is in the long run, the more worthwhile, of course, and in which case, I think I've just uh, argued getting myself off the hook for my six month hiatus from the podcast. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe I was off busy doing worthwhile things. I don't know. Maybe a balance would be nice. But in my absence, one thing I would like to say, and what really surprised me, pleasantly surprised me, was to realise The podcast remained so active, even though I'd bowed out for the few months. Uh, Seriously, it was so interesting to see the listenership continue to remain active week in, week out. And even more like surprising for me was like this listenership in so many obscure parts of the world. Uh, it was really exciting to see and it made me realise that the output created and the conversations held with so many wonderful guests over the year, uh, year and a half, remain evergreen and relevant. So I'm very grateful for that and I it motivates me to want to return to the pod in the new year, but I just have to figure out how to get that balance right um, between the worthwhile projects and the worthwhile time spent with uh, loved ones and just living life as well. So I don't know if if there's any uh, seasoned podcasters out there that have suggestions and tips of how to get the balance right um, to take some of the workload off. Please do let me know. Okay, let me see what else has been happening for me. Uh, Well, probably my big news this year was to take a break from a steady, permanent, pensionable job in the public sector to try new work ventures. I took the great resignation hype seriously and got on board. (laughs) And look, I'll, I'll take the irreverent angle on this for the moment, but short synopsis would be I was curious to explore new working environments. To anyone in the public sector with a permanent pensionable job, you don't need me to explain the enormity of stepping out and seeing what life is like on the other side. Or maybe you don't even contemplate it, in which case, great, you are content and I applaud and probably envy you. But I was restless and in need of change. I'm delighted with my decision and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to make this positive step for me. And pleased to say, so far, so good, but of course, making that decision was no easy task and in my soul searching earlier in the year when wondering about changing my career, I had to reflect a lot on what drew me to start the journey into academia in the first place, or just I just you know was naturally reflecting on the whole process and and my career path to date, and why was I was asking myself, why was I willing to embark on a lengthy four-year PhD in my late 20s when many of my friends were buying nice cars and houses and getting married? I knew the PhD was the necessary access ticket into a full-time lecturing position, and yet I'd never even given a lecture in my life. When I think back, it was kind of a big trade-off, four years of my life to do a job I didn't even know if I'd enjoy or get job satisfaction from. I I do remember a senior male academic questioning my choice. I could sense he thought my time might be better spent securing a future partner while I was still on the right side of 30. Another senior male academic welcomed me to a life of genteel poverty. I did not like that assertion either. I suppose my vision of a life as a lecturer would offer me security, reasonable social status and a role to fix my identity on. Bearing in mind the timing, it was 2008, the year the world went into recession. Being in line for permanent pensionable role was highly desirable to me anyhow. Like, I remember our college building ran parallel to a social welfare office. And just seeing the expanding queues on, I think it might have been like a Wednesday or Thursday morning, just reminded me to cling to this safe path and hope for security of a full-time contract in time. Look, it was a precarious time in my life, probably for many reasons, and my rock was actually that desk, chair and computer in the postgraduate studies office on the third floor of... The big grey building, as myself and some of my fellow PhD pals referred to it, on Anger Street in Dublin City. It gave me a place to be and a purpose or structure to each day, I would say. There were many days not a dot was written on the dissertation. And yet I still routinely made the journey into the city, took up my spot by the window and felt a sense of safety and belonging. I know it kind of sounds sad now, but it served its purpose for me at that moment in time. And if I'm honest, I also believed being awarded a PhD would give a sense of arrival, that I would feel finally contented, robed, knighted, recognised. I honestly believed once I achieved this, I would have out- outrun the restlessness and just bask in the glory of my hard work and therefore. Whittle away a contented lifetime in academia. I soon learnt academia is not set up as such. In fact, almost as soon as the dust settled on the doctoral ceremony and the PhD was in the back pocket, I soon realised there was a multitude of new sticks to beat yourself with. Take your pick. So, how many publications have you got? Where are you going to disseminate your work? What conferences will you attend? Have you secured any research grants for your institute? Who are you collaborating with? What interdisciplinary groups have you joined? And what new team projects are you part of? All this while you were trying to process the anti-climax of realising that your research findings just seem quite inconsequential to the four and a half years of your life you devoted to arriving at them. I had not discovered any earth-shattering, groundbreaking knowledge in my field of study. Did I think I was going to? I don't know what I thought was going to be the outcome. I think I was just focused on keeping my head above water and imposter syndrome at bay until I got to the finish line. Trying to defy the echoing in my ear of aforementioned male ac- academic who reminded me that over 50% of PhDs never actually get finished. And also trying to drown out the cutting remark of a fellow PhD student I met in Denmark, who remarked, but like, so what, when I shared my groundwork research with him, only one year into the process. In fairness, we have met many times since, and he has apologised for this bluntness. He also was present when this research was awarded an honourable mention at a subsequent conference in Finland. So luckily, I rose above his harsh words and kept going. But still, I know I continually chase these accolades and titles. And for what? I believe the only solace I take from chasing these awards is realising actually that I can be truly proud of myself for... Not the award, but the perseverance, determination and grit I know I showed in the effort to complete these challenges. Honestly, that is what I really got from those four years. That I honed personal development skills that will stay with me a lifetime, long after the dust settles on any award. And I continue to benefit from the many character building skills I developed along the lonely, isolated academic journey. So ultimately, I reassure myself and anyone who can resonate that all is not lost when we seek out an end goal only to find the gold was not in the final result but actually in the journeying along the way. And so, to wrap up this impromptu episode on New Year's Eve, a night where many of us set goals for the year ahead, I think it is useful to remind ourselves Our new year's goals are not where the gold lies, but in our efforts, strife, willpower, strength and perseverance to get toward the result or to get back on the saddle when we fall off, because let's face it, we're going to. It's the hopping back up is where our growth lies. So here's to a new year, to the horse, to the saddle, to you. Keep journeying and be mindful what trips you commit your time to in 2022.